Good evening, baseball fans. It is Sunday, February 11th. And yes, it is Super Bowl Sunday. And because we are grinding, that is what Kelsey and I are. We are grinders. We are, I mean, technically Super Bowl is over now, but that's okay. We record another episode during the Super Bowl. That's okay. Again, we are grinders. Super Bowl happened. We're baseball girls. It is official baseball season. Okay. Super Bowl is done. Football is done. Pitchers and catchers report in like three days, four days. Some of the pitchers and catchers have already reported. Looking at yeah. you, Dodgers, Padres. Anyways, um, this is Bourbon and Baseball. I'm Susie. That is Kelsey. And away we go. Away we go. Um, like I said, pitchers and catchers report. It is officially baseball, baseball season. And I am so excited, Kelsey. Like, I can't. Like, this season, I'm like renewed of excitement because last baseball season was hard it was hard on my soul it was hard on your soul (laughs) (laughs) come on now (laughs) oh my gosh oh i'm so before we get into it hold on hold on i'm so sorry guys i forgot to give you the warning i forgot to give you the the warning before this (laughs) Uh, this is a rated r podcast for all of the all of the expletives, not the adult content that you know you have to pay for, uh, just the four letter words, just the four letter words are probably some, um, probably some inappropriate adult humor. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry, Kels. Uh, so with that said, if there's any tiny ears listening, um, or you know you don't like cuss words, you should probably this is not this is not the podcast for you, and uh, I apologize about that. Um, but you do you. If you want your kids to listen to the four-letter words, by all means. I'm I'm not going to stop you. Not going to stop you. So, um, but Kels, did you? I know that you watched the Super Bowl halftime show at least. Oh yeah, no, I watched yeah. the national anthem and the halftime show, and I like sat and hung out for some commercials, but I didn't really see any that were were super great. I was kind of disappointed, but Usher definitely won the Super Bowl for me. My favorite part was my favorite Usher song is Love in This Club. And when he did it with the marching bands, uh, that was my favorite part. And I was wildly impressed by, I mean, all his dance moves. I think he sang live a lot of it. and He sounded really good, but he also roller skated. And I don't know, have you tried to roller skate lately? Because I have, and it is harder than it looks. Very hard. Very, very hard. That's what she said. And I, I like, listen, when Usher came out and then Alicia Keys came out Mm -hmm. and then Lil John and Luda, my elder millennial heart was so excited. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. I was like, yes, it was like, it was like my, my high school all over again. And then the part where Usher took off his shirt, my eight year old was in the room. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And she goes, oh, my, <laughs> when he took off his shirt. And you're like, mom's and busy. I, <laughs> and it cracked me up. And she was like, this is the, the this, I was like, shh, 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 shh. <laughs> go, just go. Just, you're going to rewatch this 10 years yeah. from now and appreciate it. Yeah. And, and um, not thankfully now. she had, she had left the room before I had to explain to her. Um, what Luda was singing about when he said that, you know, he had to hold the head steady. And I was like, yep, thank thank you that I did not have to explain that to uh, my eight-year-old. Why is he talking about milking cows, mom? That'd be, would love that. I'm like, because he's a farmer. 
It's farmer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It <laughs> Definitely farmer. <laughs> Anyhow, um, like we said, it is it is officially officially baseball season, and I I'm going into the season with renewed hope. With renewed hope. Are you also going into the season with renewed hope, Kels? Well, you know, fuck you and your renewed hope because the Astros didn't lose 91 games last season. But the average age of their pitching staff is also under 91 years of age. So maybe that's why I don't have renewed hope over here. Now, I... I should be more positive because could be worse. I think like, I don't know. Cardinals fans are actually a little, usually I'm more on the positive side, but I feel like there's a lot of people who are feeling more positive than me, which is not, I'm not used to that dynamic. And it's not that I'm not going to enjoy watching baseball and enjoy watching Cardinal baseball because I absolutely am, but I am more frustrated after the kind of just complete implosion that happened last season, that there wasn't more, more. I really want more. I really wanted Usher to sing more too, and he didn't. But All right. <laughs> me and Usher really want more. And we just didn't okay. get it in terms of what I was looking for from the Cardinals. So am I holding my breath? For a deep postseason run, no. But I am really excited that baseball is back. And fortunately, I am so invested in all of baseball now that the Cardinals, they can hurt me less. Let's, <laughs> let's at least hope for that. That's true. That's true. You can you can watch the Arizona Diamondbacks with like a reckless abandon and just – yeah. You know, be super well, we were excited about, about I are about our Chinese zodiacs too, because you know the, the Chinese Lunar New Year was yesterday. And mm-hmm. I am my Chinese zodiac is the snake. So now I feel even more in line with the diamondbacks. For sure. For sure. And you know, Corbin Carroll is like is doing his thing, working out, and Zach Allen with his with his bulldog. He has Did a you bulldog see named Moose. I've always wanted to have a dog named Moose, but now I feel like I can't because Zach Allen is going to get Zach Allen is going to get wind of 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 you of you having a dog named Moose. He'll also just be like, "Mm, "That's weird." (laughs) Wow, copycat. (laughs) That's so funny. You never know. Um, yeah. So you know, like I said, we're we're excited about the about the season. I'm excited about the season and I and I'm excited about continuing our 40 man finds because yeah. I enjoy learning about all of the new players. Um, if you if this is your first episode that you are tuning in, Kelsey and I do this thing called the 40 man find where we basically find interesting guys on all of the 40 man rosters for the various teams. And Kelsey is in charge of the AL and I'm in charge of the NL. Mainly because our affinity is for our teams are of the other league. So we're just learning about, you know, the opposite leagues, guys, more so. And we were going worst to first in order of teams. And this episode's team for me for the National League is the Marlins. And I was not aware that the Marlins and the Diamondbacks had the same record. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. What? (laughs) 
<laughs> knowing how things played you know. out, that is mm-hmm. really interesting to think about. Yes. Yep. And so uh, the only thing that apparently differentiated the Marlins and the Diamondbacks was run differential. And um, I am going to tell you guys all about this. So if you already know what the definition of run differential is, then I don't know, skip 15 seconds or, or whatnot. But if not, open your ears up because I'm about to tell you what the definition of run differential is. So a team's run differential is determined by subtracting the total number of runs, both earned and unearned, it has allowed from the number of runs it has scored. For example, the 2016 Chicago Cubs scored 808 runs during the regular season and allowed 556 runs, giving them a run differential of positive 252. The 2018 Baltimore Orioles, meanwhile, scored 622 runs as a team, but surrendered 892. Their run differential was minus or negative 270. So typically, if you have a negative run differential, it's not it's not signs of a good team. Yeah. Normally, normally. Um, as an outlier, both the Marlins and the D-backs had negative run differentials. Um, so again, equal record, tied record, but the Marlins run differential was minus 57. So Still not great. Not great. They won a lot of one run games and that's Mm -hmm. like an easy thing to look for with teams that still had winning records or got into the playoffs with negative run differentials is Mm -hmm. that they probably won a lot of close games. Yes. So my, my 40 man find for the Miami Marlins is a guy that you may or may not have heard of because he has not played a major league game just yet. Um, his name is Victor Mesa Jr. He is a left-handed center fielder that is uh, 22 years old, and he signed in 2018 for $1 million. If you are thinking, hmm, Susie, Victor Mesa Jr., that name kind of sounds familiar, but I don't think he was a center fielder, not the one that I remember. You would be correct because guess what? His older brother also named Victor Victor Mesa. <laughs> Victor Victor Mesa. And to make matters even more confusing, the Marlins signed both of them. Yes. Signed both. Signed both Victor Victor Mesa and Victor Mesa Jr. And <clears throat> they added uh, Victor Mesa Jr. to the 40-man roster last uh, in November to protect him from the rule of five draft. So hmm. that means basically um, nobody, they didn't want anybody else to be able to pick him up All, any of the other teams. He is Miami's number six prospect and he spent all of 2023 in the double a system, uh, the Pensacola somethings. I wrote it down and I no longer can read my own handwriting. So YouTube comments, fill it in for me, please. Uh, he hit, in 123 games played, he hit 242. Kelsey, are you prepared? A 720 on base percentage. 720. 720. Okay. I was like, I'm sorry. What? Yeah. Okay. 720. Junior. Uh-huh. With a uh, 412 slug. He had 18 home runs, uh, 24 doubles, and 76 RBIs. He had 73 runs scored. 
and he had 16 of 19 stolen bases. Nice. So he can run a little bit. Yeah. Um, so like I said, he signed in 2018 for a million dollars with the Miami Marlins. And um, they're, the Marlins are just putting all of their eggs into that Mesa's basket because older brother Mesa just literally up and left after they paid him like six and a quarter million dollars. Um, so hopefully they he will be the answer for center field for them, hopefully, because Jazz Chisholm Jr., we love you. You are flashy. Center <laughs> fielder, you are not, sir. Center <laughs> fielder, you are not. So hopefully, um, I think they're trying to figure out in spring training like what his role will actually be. So who knows? You may actually see Victor Mesa Jr., not to be conv conv confused with Victor Victor Mesa, um, in the coming season for the Miami Marlins. I think so. They've been awfully quiet this offseason and – it does seem like he is the kind of guy who is going to get a chance with the Marlins in the upcoming season. Fingers crossed. So. Fingers crossed. So, Kelsey, who is uh, your 40-man find for your team? Yeah, I am keeping up with the Seattle Mariners today. And when we talk about the Mariners, you know, the, their young pitching staff is always a highlight. And that is one of the players that we're going to highlight today is young Brian Wu, who was born on January 30th of 2000. So just had his 24th birthday. Happy belated, Brian. He attended Alameda High School in Alameda, California, where he grew up. He played on their baseball team there. Shocker. Uh, as a senior in 2018. Yeah, he's a senior in high school in 2018. He went eight and two with a 1.25 ERA. And he hit 422. So he could also really hit. Okay, Shohei. As you know, <laughs> not so long ago in 2018. Right? In the summer after high school, he played for the Alaska Baseball League with the Peninsula Oilers. I don't think I knew there was an Alaska Baseball League. <laughs> I don't think cool. I did either. After high school, he enrolled at California Polytechnic State University to play college baseball for the Cal Poly Mustangs. And as a freshman in 2019, he pitched to an 8.75 ERA eek, over 23 and two-thirds innings. This is what's really interesting as you'll continue to hear me spill out some numbers here on Brian Wu is he's like a raw stuff guy who – certainly like his advanced metrics are showing you his potential. And that's why like he wasn't putting up numbers is from the basis, basic statistics that you're going to be like, Ooh, stars in your eyes, get this guy up to the bigs. But that's kind of what makes him interesting. And certainly what makes him fit into today's game a bit more than, you know, he might've 20 or so years ago, but he pitched, uh, only 17 and two thirds innings in 2020 before the college baseball season was canceled due to the pandemic. And in that season, he had a 6.11 ERA over 28 innings it, before undergoing Tommy John surgery and missing the rest of the year in 2021. So he has Tommy John surgery. He doesn't go back to playing college ball because he is selected by the Seattle Mariners in the sixth round with the 174th overall selection in the 2021 Major League Baseball draft. Because, again, the stuff speaks. People are are looking at it. And especially people like the Mariners system are saying, we want that. He signed with the Mariners for $318,000. 
He made his professional debut in 2022 with the Arizona Complex League Mariners, and he was promoted to the Modesto Nuts and the Everett Aqua Sox during the season. Over 16 starts for the season between those three clubs, he posted a 1-4 record with a 4.11 ERA, but he had 84 strikeouts over 57 innings. He's your swing and miss guy. He was selected to play in the Arizona Fall League for the Peoria Javelinas. Javelinas. Javelinas? What is that? Mm -hmm. A cactus? It is. No, no, that's a saguaro. Um, the javelinas is a, is a sort of like wild boar type. Oh, yes, mm -hmm. yeah, okay. It's like got a, it's a tusked. I see their logo. Mm -hmm. They got some big teeth coming up yeah. there. It looks like mm -hmm. yeah, scary gray pig with scary teeth. Anyway, <laughs> the Peoria javelinas, javelinas. After that 2022 season. So the beginning of 2023 comes and Wu is assigned to the Arkansas Travelers in nine starts there in double A. He registers a three and two record with a 2.05 ERA with 59 strikeouts and 44 innings pitch. So he's starting to figure some shit out. On June 2nd of 2023, the Mariners announced that Wu would be promoted to the major leagues for the first time. And he was going to start the next day against the Texas Rangers. A cool story that you can find on Brian Wu's social media is that on the 4th of July, Brian's 93-year-old grandfather got to see him pitch professionally for the first time. There was a super cute picture of him and his grandparents and his parents and his sister uh, after that start on the field at T-Mobile Park, and it's it's just the cutest thing ever. It's adorable. Yeah. In 2023, he made 18 starts. He had a win-loss record of 4-5 and five with a 4.21 ERA with 93 strikeouts and 87.2 innings. He finished the season with a 1.231 whip, which is walks and hits versus innings pitched. So for context with that stat, it's a pretty standard uh, pitching stat, 1.2. Two is is like above average. One point three would be average. So he's hanging there, you know, above average with his whip already. He is one of those guys again. Like I mentioned, the basic metrics are not particularly like super impressive. He's also twenty three and just got called up to the big leagues and made eighteen starts in his first freaking season. He's twenty three years old, but considering his raw stuff, it's easy to see for pitching development, especially in a system like the Mariners, that it's a matter of making little tweaks, working with the command and the control at the major league level, which he has already shown the ability to do. So when looking at his advanced metrics on baseball savant, there is a whole lot of red, which means that he is on the great side of average from everything to expected ERA and expected opponent batting average to fastball velo and average exit velocity. He has it all figured out with a four-seam fastball, which he uses nearly 50% of the time. He has a sinker that he uses 25% of the time. So if he can lock it in more with control on the secondary stuff, watch out. And that's why I'm excited to watch him this coming season. He also has a cutter, slider, and a changeup. Jerry DePito of the Mariners has said that they are unlikely to trade Wu or their other young starting pitcher, Miller, as the Mariners are... Pursuing, you know, offensive upgrades. We know they have pretty solid pitching. And he says that even as teams are constantly inquiring about their young pitching depth, and, and Brian Wu in particular, they're going to hold on to him. 
DeVito is quoted saying, it's the appeal of the young guy who has proven the ability to both compete at the major league level and help neutralize the growing payrolls around the league. We know that's important to the Mariners. The, that's appealing. It's hard to get to. And there's a reason why we get so many phone calls. And there's a reason why we love the guys the way we do. They're good. And they've performed since the day they stepped on a major league field. So Brian Wu is going to slot in as the fifth starter for the Mariners in 2024. I don't know. Do you think the Mariners are going to be competitive enough to not have to move one of these guys who could have a really high asking price? Mariners <laughs> fans, if you're out there and you're listening to this, cover your ears. I don't think you're out there, but you know, you, you may be, I don't know. Um, honestly, the Mariners pitching staff is, is their strong suit. Their yeah. pitching staff, their bullpen um, in and of itself. The, their lineup is still a little bit weak. I'm not going to lie. Right. Um, and also, um, did I have Brian Wu and um, Bryce Miller in my fantasy lineups at times? Absolutely, I did. However, you know, it is it was their first season in the bigs, so hadn't had hadn't had looks. You know, players hadn't had looks at them. I'm just saying that maybe we regress to the mean just a little bit now. Sure. With, you know, a full season of playing time, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, they did have some nasty stuff, though. Like, I remember watching some of those starts being like, I'm, I'm sorry, you're 22? How, what's going right. on here? You know, but then again, I ha did watch a couple of blow-up starts by Brian Wu and was like, sure. oh, yeah, no, you're yeah, definitely 22. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> but you know that that pitching staff is 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 so good and i hate to actually admit that um from my homer astros heart but they they really are they they really are he so, is just so the great. kind of pitcher that i would have loved to see the cardinals target yes he is a number 4 or 5 pitcher with where he's at in his development but he has the potential to be a 2 or 3 mm -hmm. even in this upcoming season and it's just the opposite of the way that they went. You know, they were like, yeah. let's go with the 36, 37 year olds that were at their best. Maybe three have certainly regressed, but I, they would just rather take it's both come with a certain level of risk. And yeah. I just want them to take the opposite risk for once when it comes to starting pitching. Yeah. So, it's interesting that we're talking about the Mariners and the Marlins on the same day because in a lot of ways they are similar and their pitching is is certainly their strength. It will be interesting to see if their offense can keep up and make their teams competitive in this season. Yep. Yeah, we we shall see. I, you know, selfishly I'm hoping that, you know, Brian Wu doesn't have a bounce back here, just selfishly. Um for you know, no other reasons at all that because I'm a petty bitch. That's that's really the only reason. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, honestly, that whoever their pitching coach is over there um, is doing, obviously, a wonderful job because that bullpen starting pitching. All good things mm -hmm. that hurts my soul to say, guys, I want you to know this. So Mariners fans clip that put that so anyways um but the hot stove was was stoving a little bit more a, a little bit more this this week we still haven't had 
the big moves that you know that we thought that we were going so to have and- on so much it is crazy like yeah. i keep forgetting because i just can't believe that it hasn't happened yet yeah it so feels cody bellinger hasn't weird. signed jordan montgomery hasn't signed blake snell jd martinez matt chapman uh, Tommy, matt chapman tony tony fam tommy fam tony Corey fam Belair. is his lesser known cousin so many like tim Anderson. yeah yeah already yeah ryan stanick where's ryan stanick going i don't i don't even know um but pitchers and i know like pitchers and catchers report like spring training starts like next monday Mm -hmm. not not as in not in tomorrow but like the other Monday. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think the majority of pitchers and catchers are, yeah. are reporting on Valentine's Day on yeah. what, Thursday. On Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday. So guys, it's coming down to the wire here, but you know, obviously Scott Boris is like, I got a plan, guys. Stick with me. I don't know. Even some of the non-Boris guys are like, what are we doing here? I don't know. Yeah, well, it's affecting all of all of the teams and all mm-hmm. of the agents and players. And unfortunately, I think it's affecting the the you know lower level free agents as much if not more than you know Blake Snell's gonna get paid we get it but there's a lot of there's always these players every year that are like do I have a job period and then do I have a major league job do I have an invite to camp like I need to show up and make the most of every day of every hour that I can get Mm -hmm. at spring training so I I don't like it for that reason yeah I don't know. Scott Scott Boris is doing his thing. Apparently, I I don't know what Scott Boris is doing. I'm thinking about writing a love song. You know, the same way that I wrote, uh, I rewrote "Let It Snow" Uh uh, to be "Wake Up Mo" for Christmas. I'm thinking about doing a Valentine song, but I can't decide if I should do it from the fans to Scott Boris or or from the players to Scott Boris. But I'm gonna I'm gonna rewrite a love song about this. I think it needs to be I think it needs to be the fans to Scott Boris. Okay, okay. So if you have fans. words, yeah. if you have lyrics that you would like me to put into a, a song for this that upcoming holiday, just drop them in the comments. I'll I'll work yeah. it in. Definitely do that. Um, I will think of some stuff too. Let's have you. Anyways. You know, you've heard the song "Unchained Melody." It's like the most iconic uh-huh. love yes. song of all time. But have you heard? unsigned melody (laughs) (laughs) see if we can make that work i make no promises i haven't actually planned this out yet but oh there is it uh look at you coming up with stuff on the fly like love that go kels um but i yeah i don't know what scott boris is doing but apparently one client of scott boris's that did know what what he wanted and what what he was doing was our short king, I say our short king because I have the mouse in my pocket, um, Jose Altuve. Jose Altuve will be an Astro for life and signed a five-year, $125 million extension for the none other than Houston Astros, obviously. Um, I was not aware that I was going to get so emotional seeing the, the post that the Houston Astros put up. Now, mind you, Houston Astros just tweeted out a picture of Jose Altuve that said Astro for life. That's all they put out. Yeah. Okay. With no, no context, no deep, none of it. 
and I'm freaking out. And I'm all, what does this mean? Like, and I re I literally like quote tweeted it and was all, what does it mean? Is it, did he sign an extension? Like, I assume it's an extension, but like, what the fuck are the details? I need details, people. Let's go. And then, you know, like two minutes later, Chandler Rome tweets out the details, you know, five years, 125 million, blah, blah, blah. But people got, people were like, you're a stupid fucking bitch. When I had tweeted out like the original, like, what does it mean? I'm all. <laughs> like literally I'm like that did you know that he signed a fucking extension like what are you doing and so I was like whatever I'm like my short king is is an astro for life like you can't you can't get me down um and I got I like I got a little bit emotional about it <laughs> and I wasn't prepared for that because well I've always liked Jose Altuve like I you know like I love him but I don't like he's not my absolute favorite player. Sure. And then after the like after the press conference and listening to him, I was like, nope, nope, fisticuff time. Like anybody <laughs> says any like anything about my short king, like it is, I will I will run through a wall for this man. Like we will need bail money this season when people boo him because there is just absolutely no reason to dislike this man. Like. When you when you literally listen to his story coming up from Venezuela as you know like a sixteen year old and they're like mm, you're too small go away and he's like listen <laughs> just give me a chance that's all I want is a chance and then coming back the next day and the guy's like I got like fifteen thousand dollars like if you want to sign for fifteen thousand dollars you can have it but odds are and then it came out that the Astros told him that he was just basically a placeholder until they found a better second baseman. Oh my gosh. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? But at every single turn, like he has shown that he is going to take all of that and like internalize it and be like, fuck you, I'm going to be better than that. Mm -hmm. At no point in time has I have, have I ever heard Jose Altuve like utter like a mean word over anything. And so that fuck you is like me speaking. That's not Jose Altuve speaking like at all. I don't want you to put words into his mouth. Okay, people. But they did like a little story about like how he like was raised and stuff. And he's like, yeah, he's, he's like, see that river. We would go down to that river and take baths. And, like that was our shower. And I'm all, wow. You know? And again, like as a, as an American, like a spoiled American that has running water in our, in our house. Like you don't even, that's not even a thing that you think of, mm -hmm. you know, but a lot of Latin players, like they don't have running water in their houses, you know, and they're, so it just, I was like, I will, I will fight anybody that says anything mean about Jose LTV. I just want you to know this. So everybody prepare their bail money because I'm going <laughs> to probably need it. But I'm just, I'm so excited that he's going to be an Astro for life. And everyone's like, wait, $125 million for a 34 year old player. That's like on the downhill, like decline. I'm all again, people, I will fight you. Absolutely. Yes. Like he hasn't slowed down. He really hasn't. I will give you, I won't give you the numbers because I don't have them prepared, but just know, that he's going to be in the Hall of Fame and his literal OPS has like not fallen below 120, I think, for the last like five seasons. Yeah, that sounds right. So it's awesome that we were just talking about this with Jay Hay last week about how he's on the Hall of Fame trajectory. And I agree, as someone who has never had a vested interest in his success, you know, from an outside perspective. 
he's an easy guy to root for. I've never held anything mm-hmm. against him. And it's interesting how obvious it is to me that like that 2017 situation just like shouldn't be anything that, you know, is even a, a mark on his career mm-hmm. at this point. Yep. Yeah. And the fact that he literally has, has said, has come out and be like, you know, nope, we're, we're a team and I'm not going to place myself above the team. Like we're a team. We all, we're all wrong when it has been proven that he never did it. Like he never wanted to use it. And I'm all stop booing my short King. Like it hurts me. It literally hurts my soul. (sighs) But then he like hits a home run every time and I'm all. And that's why they boo him. It's the same way that, that so many fan bases would boo Yachty or Molina because they know that he's a difference maker and he's not on their team. So yes. And he will will never be on any other team. And that makes me so happy. My short King. Jose Altuve. The baseball gods intended it. That was my first and exact thought. Another thing the baseball gods definitely intended was for Clayton Kershaw to play baseball again and to do Mm -hmm. it in a Dodgers uniform. So Clayton Kershaw signs to return with the Dodgers for $10 million guaranteed player option for 2025. Based on how many starts he ends up making, the deal could be worth up to $12 million. And we've talked about this in previous episodes as well. Another thing that just as baseball fans we want to see is, is Clayton mm-hmm. Kershaw come back and, and start again. And, I mean, all of the obstacles that he's had to go through. He, I mean, he had surgery again and chose to – come back at all, let alone to come back with the Dodgers. But I know that we're all glad as baseball fans to not have that last outing of the postseason be his last, the last outing of his yeah. career. That would have been possibly like the saddest ending to a literal hall of fame. Yeah. Career first ever. Hall of fame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, you know, and I think I want to say his ERA still, still at like a, two six two or something or yeah, maybe it's in the low threes now but like overall career era has is super low even with all of like the blow-up starts mm-hmm. and so just just the fact that like he, hopefully he can come back and like end on a high note like that would be great yeah his career not against the astros is- but like against <laughs> some other team his career era is 2.48 that's so dumb. His career ERA. Wow. But his postseason wow. ERA is 4.49. And that's what people get hung up on. That's the thing is like, honestly, the majority of his bad starts have been in the postseason. Yeah. Well, and I'm, and I'm really thinking, especially like this, this season that the Dodgers have signed 43 starting pitchers and like a mm-hmm. bunch of like bullpen arms that could get stretched out into starters. I think by the time Clayton Kershaw got to the postseason, I think yes. he was just tired, you know? Like yes. he's getting up there in yeah. age. I don't think it's like a pressure issue with yeah. him or like a, you know, he's not meeting the moment kind of thing. I totally agree. So, you know, he's not he's not gonna be he's gonna be well rested for the postseason run that the Dodgers inevitably make this season. And so, but question then. If Clayton, well, when Clayton Kershaw comes back and is like good to go, is he your game one starter? For, oh no! For a, an LCS oh no! Or like a, I mean, does he start 
in a series at all is a fair question with how, I mean, it just depends on the matchups and like what the situation is. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't know. Then, no, I mean, definitely not. I mean, I guess, but then you're also like, he could be the game one starter because that's when you have the most room for margin for error. error I yeah. Suppose. Yeah. I mean, cause we'll they're going to be, they're going to be limiting Tyler Glasnow's innings. They're going to be limiting Walker Bueller's innings. We don't know how um, Yoshinobu Yamamoto is going to yeah. go. So like, it'll, they, they may have to. They may have to use Clayton Kershaw's game one starter, but that was that was just a interesting little side note there because I but I I don't think Clayton Kershaw would be one of those players to be like uh, I have seniority I'm going to be the game one starter you know what I'm saying because I, I feel like there's yeah. some older starters out there that would be like no no it's me I'm game one starter yeah I mean I think with everything that he's been through as of late he probably has a wise enough perspective to not take that attitude mm-hmm. with it but he also wants to i mean that and, and yeah. those are the guys that you want on your team and have or even have the capability of having these kind of careers are the guys that that want to go out there and be able to do it even if they know they're not the best choice so that is not a conversation i would be wanting to have <laughs> <laughs> with Clayton Kershaw by any means, but I agree with you. Like he's obviously going to want what's best for the team and it's got to be a really difficult thing for all players when they get to that point in their career. But that is the nature of, of being a professional athlete is the highs and lows and the natural regression with age. And I mean, fortunately he is, he has played up until this point and had an insane amount of success and a legendary career to be really proud of. And hopefully he can have some more big moments and give the fans and himself just, you know, more of a high note to go out on. For sure. For sure. So, you know, like we said, the Dodgers signed 43 starting pitchers and relief pitchers, and they re-signed another relief pitcher in Ryan Brazier, uh, two years, $9 million. In 39 appearances out of the bullpen, Ryan Brazier had a sparkling .70 ERA and 38 strikeouts. He finished the season, <clears throat> excuse me, overall with a 3.29 ERA in 52 and two-third innings after 20 appearances uh, with Boston, in which he posted a 7.29 ERA. Yeah, so like it cracked he me up. The Dodgers and yeah. was like, "Okay, now I can pitch." Uh huh. The the and I want to say Boston DFA'd him. They were like, I think so. nope, Ryan Brazier, we can't, we can't continue this. And then when the Dodgers picked him up uh, last season, I was like, watch there. He's going, he's going to be awesome for the Dodgers. You watch. So when the Dodgers picked him up and then like when the Rays pick up um, relief pitchers as well, either one of those clubs, it's done. It's done. Like you probably, it, it's you. It's not them. Yeah. It's you. <laughs> yes. A pitcher's seem to be more apt to um, the the kind of adjustments that the right environment and the right coaches can help them make. And I'm sure, I mean, that makes sense given the nuance and the art of pitching, but more than like mm-hmm. the position players. And th- I mean, that's just another thing when we were talking about the, the Marlins and the Mariners that their organizations do very well too, from scouting to developing and yeah, the Dodgers, 
the Dodgers are in on that shit too. We know they are. Yeah. So, um, yep, Brazil led the MLB in opponent OPS in 397 and finished second in whip, 0.72, and fourth in opponent's batting average, 0.140. So, yeah. Um, like I said, Ryan Brazier doing the things for the Dodgers and Boston's like, the fuck? You couldn't do that over here? And Ryan Brazier's like, apparently not. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, like we said, we were talking about the Marlins earlier. Marlins acquired shortstop Nick Gordon uh, from the Twins for left-handed pitcher Stephen Okert. So yeah, really, what really cracked me up is uh, Nick Gordon lost his um, arbitration yeah the twins and the twins were like oh you you wanted you wanted more money absolutely not oh and by the way we're gonna trade you yeah i was like dang but uh, apparently this is their first the marlins first major league move all of the moves that they made in the offseason have been minor league moves and i'm all what are we doing marlins what's happening over there um but Gordon is 28 years old and plays uh, second and short. He hit 185 last season with two homers and seven RBIs in 34 games, down from 272 with nine homers and 50 ribbies over 136 games in 2022. Uh, he fractured his shin when fouled off a pitch on May 17th versus the Dodgers and didn't play again until mid-September. Gordon was awarded a 9 hundred thousand dollar salary on saturday rather than his requested uh 1.25 million he is the brother of former former marlin d strange gordon and the son of former all-star pitcher tom gordon i did not know uh, that yeah no idea side note i heard an interview that d had done with some podcast and he begrudgingly um said that nick was the better baseball player hmm than him mm-hmm. and he and he was like but you know like he had someone to iron out all of the the bumps in the road right okay. like okay. i i had to go first and like <laughs> and so it, it really cracked me up but the but the fact that you know like the older brother was giving him his flowers i was like oh all right look at yeah. you um so uh steven okurt is 32 and had a 3-2 record with a 4.45 ERA and 64 relief appearances last year for the Marlins, striking out 73 and walking 24 in 58 and two-thirds innings while allowing nine home runs. So Twins get some pitching help, but I'm very confused at, at why the Twins needed pitching help because their bullpen was kind of set right. already. They're just loading up their bullpen and nothing else. I'm so confused. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like... All right, whatever. Um, yeah. But who knows what the Twins are doing? We don't also know don't know what the Brewers are doing because they signed another starting pitcher too, which I get like fine, but it's not like for nothing. They signed right-handed pitcher Jacob Junis, or is it Junice? Do you know? Mm-hmm. I think it's Junis. Junis, I think so. Jacob Junis. So. Correct me if I'm wrong in the comments. Yeah you know, phonetically spell it out for me. <laughs> anyway, he signs with the Brewers for one year, 7 million. It's kind of interesting the way this is laid out. He's going to receive 4 million in 2024 with a $3 million buyout from mutual option in 2025. So yeah, kind of interesting that that much of it is included as part of the, the buyout, but he'll take it for a guaranteed 7 mil in 40 games. He made just four starts in those 40 games, 
last season. He threw 86 innings with a 3.87 ERA. He had a 5.7% walk rate, which is pretty damn good, and a career-high 26% strikeout rate last season. So nothing to scoff at in terms of how he's, especially in terms of how he's going to slot right into the Brewers' current starting rotation. I mean, I assume he's going to start. You think? Yeah. I think so, for sure. Yeah. Um, Probably, what, that four or five slot? Not overly familiar with the Brewers rotation now that everyone has gone. Yeah, I don't know that anyone really <laughs> is. But the point is they're, you know, they're not totally throwing it away. And it honestly just pisses me off even more because why should they? The other teams in the division are not solid, are not shoe in like dominant enough for them to just completely give up and save exactly. all So, all right, Brewers, I see you. Yeah, I, who, who knows? Who, who knows what, what they're doing? Cause I, I was like, oh, so we gave Corbin Burns away, but then, but we signed Reese Hoskins. Like, right. Right. Even why? Corbin Burns said that he was like thrown off by that. So again, there's just, there's a lot of these teams where it's really clear, like the writing is on the wall, but with some of them and you never know, it doesn't, all the moves that they make don't necessarily correlate to even their plan for 2024 or yeah. what we think their plan should be for 2024. But uh, another kind of interesting starting rotation speculation is for the Blue Jays who signed Cuban right-handed pitcher Yariel Rodriguez for five years, $32 million. And he's been a really interesting one in the international market because he hasn't pitched competitively since the 2023 WBC, where he made two starts for Team Cuba. He had a 2.45 ERA with 10 strikeouts and six walks over seven and a third innings in those starts in the WBC. But prior to that, he was a starter in Cuba. He transitioned to the bullpen when he started pitching in Japan. And the, his last competitive play prior to the WBC would have been in the 2022 season where he pitched in Japan. He threw 54 and two thirds innings with a 1.15 ERA and 60 strikeouts. So he's certainly not, you know, as easy to kind of tell a story like um, Yamamoto or guys who are well-established in, in the MPB. But he's an interesting one that could very well. I mean, he's been used as a swingman in his career. He certainly could continue to be used that way. But is Alec Manoa going to be the number five in the starting rotation for the Blue Jays? Or will we see Rodriguez there sometimes now? Yeah. Yeah, I I don't I don't really know. And we talked about him um, a few episodes ago. Uh the, the deal has just now been like finalized, finalized because he got his visa. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So there was, yeah, there was some citizenship. Yeah. There was some citizenship things uh, going on because he did defect um, from that. Right. And so there was some things that needed to happen. And so the deal was finally, final, finally, final. Oh, okay. That's right. I remember because you were trying to explain to me how he had to go to Japan and <laughs> he had to go back, back. to Japan. Yeah. But yeah. Oof. Okay. So, Glad he got that figured yeah. out because now he's in Canada or he will be soon. Yeah, now, yep. So now he will have uh, all of the things in, in Canada. And, you know, if Alec Manoa doesn't end up working out and 
they can slot Yariel in and, you know, and then if, I guess, if Yariel doesn't work out, back to the bullpen he goes. So, you know, it's not really a, I guess it's a win-win for, for the Blue Jays, but I still don't know who's going to play third for them. <laughs> like, it ha- like, it has to be Matt Chapman, right? Like, why, again, another one that it's like, why is this taking so long? Because I swear... that Bellinger is going to go back to the Cubs too. And especially, and it's probably more besides Blake Snell, probably all, and maybe JD Martinez, like these players are going to go back. Like the three biggest ones, Montgomery, Bellinger and Chapman are going to go back to where they were last year. Yeah. Why can't they just get it done? I don't know. I, I don't know. Apparently they want all of the news to happen later or something. I don't, I don't even know. Maybe instead of Arrow, okay, another another classic love song, Aerosmith. I don't want to miss a thing. I don't want to oh, miss a dime. Maybe I can. There you that. go. Oh, I'll, I'll like start that. On. Okay, perfect. Here's another one. Um, yeah. Did you know that Blake Snell has a twin brother? No. Yeah, I wasn't aware. So cool. You have twins. I've always like wanted to be a twin or have twins. I think twins are so cool jealous yeah it's it's a it's a whole it's a whole vibe it's a whole vibe it's a whole vibe what's his I don't, brother's but, name do you know tyler hmm are they identical I, I was trying to figure that out and i don't think they are and i was trying to find any pictures of them together and i haven't found any um but apparently oh, he he lives in like washington and is not a baseball player at all hmm. i think Last article I read said that he like works in the Anheuser Busch like packing factory or something like that. I'm all oh okay like cool. that. I was like oh all right like <laughs> would you like would you be like would you be really on the DL about if your brother was like a Cy Young winning pitcher right. or would you? I mean maybe people like, might want to try to get things from you, get yeah. tickets from you, get autographs, you know. So they should do a Anheuser Busch. If he really does work for Anheuser Busch, they should do a Best Buds commercial with the Snell brothers. Oh, that would be great. Come on. Yeah. That would I'm be just awesome. full yeah. of creative ideas tonight. <laughs> you are. You are. Songs, creative ideas. It's uh, the whole package. The whole package. This is what happens when football comes to an end. My just this my is- mind is opened. Yeah. Yep. This is true. This is true. Um, another thing that happened though, the Rays extended some front office peoples. Oh yes. Yep. Yes. The Rays extended Eric Neander and Kevin Cash, and they received multi-year contract extensions. Terms of their deal ha- were not disclosed, but they are expected to run beyond Tampa Bay's anticipated move into a new ballpark in 2028. Ooh, yeah. So. Yeah, there was some urgency to get a deal done with Cash, who had a one-year and a club option remaining on the previous extension um, he signed after the 2018 season. Because Cash's initial contract with the Rays was for five years, and his first extension covered six guaranteed seasons. So apparently they like Kevin Cash, and, you know, Eric Neander's doing an awesome job over there, just Mm -hmm. doing the Rays money ball and being a pitching factory and doing all the things. So... The Rays um, are going to have their front office people there for, for a little while. Yeah. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Can't argue with that. Um, fun fact. 
Kels, as we go into this next, as we segue into this next story, um, Corey Kluber announces his retirement. When everyone was talking about Corey Kluber and giving stats about Corey Kluber, who apparently was super awesome. <laughs> I'm all, I'm, I'm sorry. A moment for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A whole other, I'm all, you mean to, you mean to tell me Corey, Corey Kluber, who, who was pitching for the, for the Red Sox and had like a, had like a seven ERA was, was good. That's what you're telling me. Yeah. He had a seven, he had a 7.04 ERA last season with nine starts and six relief appearances for the Red Sox. Maybe it was the Red Sox though, but who knows? They wouldn't take responsibility for it. They declined his $11 million club option. Therefore it's time for Kluber to retire, but yeah, you didn't know Corey Kluber was a two-time Cy Young award winner for the then Cleveland Indians. And he pitched a no hitter for the New York Yankees in 2021. But I mean, this is, this is the way that it happens more often than not. He had that, that season that he had last season. And yeah, I mean, I want to say that he had five seasons in a row where he was, he was, Cy Young level. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy to think that like right now, anyway, that's not like long enough to be considered, you know, Hall of Fame or Mm -hmm. even there's a lot of guys that you would name off the top of your head that you would say like had better careers than that. But I am interested to see like 20 years from now what the perspective on a career like his is, because that's one of the things that happens in baseball is like how how statistics evolve with how the game evolves. And are we going to have guys as many guys who have five seasons of being dominant starting pitchers? Like that still seems like a lot to me. Yeah. So certainly yeah. not something to scoff at. He's 37 years old as he announces his retirement uh, this past Friday, his career numbers. He's got 116 wins for 77 career losses, a 3.44 ERA and 260 starts and 11 relief appearances over his career. He has 1,725 strikeouts and 368 walks over 1,641 and two thirds innings. So more strikeouts than innings. A lot more strikeouts. Yeah. Yeah. Three-time all-star. He has pitched 18 complete games, including eight shutouts. Badass. He was nicknamed yeah. Cluebot. Did you know that? Did you ever hear about that? I, so I, I listened to the Jared Carabas like name redacted Boston Red yeah. Sox podcast, and they would always refer to him as Cluebot. Cluebot. And I never understood why, because obviously I don't watch a lot of Boston Red Sox games when Corey Kluber is on the mound, right? Um, and so like I had I had no idea, and then friend of the show Jessica Kleinschmidt um posted his reaction to winning the Cy Young that may have been tongue-in-cheek but she posted a gif of what she said yeah. you know his reaction to winning Cy Young and it was there was nothing there was no reaction it was and I was like are you kidding me right now this is why they call him the clue bot and <laughs> apparently apparently yes apparently um he is a very I don't want to say emotionless, but he, he hides his emotion very well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah. So good on you, Corey Kluber. 
Good on you. Like, I feel like a lot of those pitchers are. That's always something that, I mean, it's something that you have to learn to do one way or the other, whether you're you're feeling it or not, <laughs> to at least mm-hmm. keep it in check on the outside. And that's certainly contributed to his success. But yes, he is he is taking that to kind of an extreme level. But congrats, Corey Kluber, on amazing career. Hopefully you can sit back, relax, enjoy a, you know, an amazing career and, and maybe, you know, smile a little more in retirement. Time to just let it loose. Right. Play some golf. I don't know. Does he play golf? That's what baseball players do in retirement, right? So sounds, sounds right. (laughs) Except for Madison Bumgarner, who's a bull rider. (laughs) Yeah. Who's busy roping bulls. Yeah. Oh, hi, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, did you know that that you could get suspended for putting people on the Phantom Isle? Well, you know, I know that it's not a thing that you're supposed to do, but I also know that it's a thing that that everybody everyone does. does. Right? So that's kind of yeah. weird. I'm like, who did he piss off? Who did Billy Epler? piss off why is he being made an example of because i i don't know that i would have thought this must much into it but i did listen to the guys at foul territory talk about this to the point where i started to get like conspiracy theory about it and i was like wait this is so i think it was scott braun that said this is like so not a story that it's a story and that's what made me like get all paranoid about it and be like so yeah, so what's really going on here? Because yeah. I guess so, long story short, he has been suspended through the 2024 World Series. We'll see if that sticks because of course he can appeal for it. But uh, because he like misused the injured list and like knowingly put people on the injured list who were not actually injured and uh, apparently no one else in the organization had anything to do with this at all they didn't know about it or not comparable it was just just billy bad billy all on his lonesome so he needs to, to sit out even though he's not working for a major league team in 2024 yeah. anyway yeah um so my conspiracy theory hot take is that someone lost a lot of money Ooh, yeah as they were gambling and someone got put on the IL that I guess whoever was gambling expected to be in the game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if I had time and if my ADHD brain would let me remember this at some point in time, I would go back and like look at all of the pitchers who got put on the IL that would like affect a game somehow. Because like really, like who else would it be? Like Pete Alonso? Yeah. Right. Francisco Lindor. I prob- like, it's probably the most common with pitchers. Yeah. Especially so, there's so many reasons why it would be useful. I could see. Yeah. So I'm thinking that someone lost a lot of money on a start that they thought said pitcher was supposed to start and didn't end up starting. That's like the only thing that my mind can think of that this would be a thing because I mean, we like, even I, as a baby novice baseball knowing person, I think like my first season was like, dude, he's tired. Just put him on the, just put him on the Phantom IL for like right. 10 days and just be like, rest his arm. We yeah. Need, like, say there, he like, doesn't. Yeah. I need a break. We're 10 games ahead. 
we it's fine. He doesn't need to pitch right now. Like, what are we doing? And I I thought that was a thing. I thought that was a thing that everybody did, but apparently it's not. Apparently it's not. Apparently only Billy Upler did it. And only Billy Upler is is uh it was solely up to him. Yeah. Trainers didn't have to sign off on it. Doctors never looked. Nobody. No. No. You call Um, just you know, spend my money however you want to. He probably did say that, but yeah, I don't know. It's sketch. It's sus, as the kids would say. Yeah. Um, another thing that's sus, though, <laughs> else is is uh, the Boston Red Sox having a Netflix documentary made about the 2024 team. I guess we didn't talk about this last week, did we? I guess it hadn't mm-hmm. come out yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's very weird. Not like I, they're a very storied franchise and I I do think that we don't always give them enough credit for the success that they have had in the postseason over the past, you know, like 20 years, but enough to that they, this is the way we're going to grow the game. Like right now we're going to, we're going to make a Netflix documentary following the 2024 Boston Red Boston Sox. Sox. Yeah. That's not even going to be aired until 2025. Yeah, not so it's not even like an ongoing thing. I mean, okay, like, so as it's the it 20 is. year anniversary of them like breaking the curse, right? So maybe that's but you think they would have like lined up with the team and been like, so it's the you know, let's get hype, let's put some more money into this, let's uh go full throttle, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, maybe so again, my my full throttle conspiracy theory is that they need eyeballs on this Netflix documentary. And they need some starting pitching, so they're going to go out and sign Trevor Bauer. And that will be the hot take. Trevor Bauer to the Boston Red Sox for this Netflix documentary. Well, I'm going to have to cancel my Netflix subscription, too, as well as canceling the Boston Red Sox. That's going to be rough. Yeah. So apparently there is apparently there is no money changing hands. But like the Boston Red Sox organization owners players nobody's getting paid for this they, they apparently it, it has come out that it is solely to grow the game according to the marketing chairperson alex something or another hmm so what's yeah, yeah what's really in it for you red Sox, trevor bauer to the red Sox. no do not even say his name <laughs> I'm t- to be clear, what? there have not been whispers. Not even no major league baseball executives will even speak his name. It's not happening. He's not gonna play in major league baseball again. But <laughs> Susie's here for the conspiracy theories. So I get where you're Listen, coming from. Jonathan, Jonathan Papelon is out here tweeting like that he is going to pay he himself, Jonathan Papelbon, is going to pay for Trevor Bowers minimum salary. Yeah, I and and I think again, it's only more ridiculous because you couldn't pay a major league baseball team to put him on their team. Mm-hmm. Although Jonathan, but Jonathan Papelbon is now is doing some announcing for the Boston Red Sox this season, like actual yeah. announcing, like in the booth, which is crazy to me. I'm all, how are you going to give that man a fucking microphone on like actual live air? They, the, that broadcast better be 
highly delayed or someone better have a <laughs> mute button handy because Red Sox making all kinds of interesting decisions that again, we just can't connect the dots on in 2024. I will only be watching for Tyler O'Neill in his crop tops. That's what I'm watching Boston Red Sox coverage for. But like who, who is going to be the stars of, of this Netflix documentary? Like Tyler O'Neill, that this will be his for sure. Like, Vaughn Grissom will be, it's his first year. Okay. Like, well, they, they have Rafi that speaks English kind of doesn't really like to though. Trevor story. Like, yeah, apparently Rob ref Snyder was a big, having a hand in this, which cracks me up because it's like Rob ref Snyder who doesn't really see any time in the field. So is he going to be like a, a, a big part of this? I don't, you yeah, know, like, it's mostly just a bummer, right? Because this is something we as baseball fans should be really excited about. And it's what we all want is, you know, to to grow the game and for there to be the kind of access to it that there there has been for, you know, primarily the NFL, but even the NBA. But because of, yeah, where the Red Sox are as a franchise and the way that it's all coming out, it's like not exciting and it should be. So that's a bummer. Yeah. I don't know. So, like, Tristan Casas, it's your time to shine, sir. Like, it's going to be a Netflix get on job, it, you know? You ready for yeah, your close-up? But, you know, I was thinking that, I think, I was thinking that, okay, like, it's going to be kind of about the, like, the young kids, but then there's, like, whispers that Jaron Duran is going to be, like, traded. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I need, I need all the moves to be done, though, so that, one, we can finally talk about all the fucking teams yeah, and do the big long fucking um, episode where we talk about all the teams and two, so that we can finally get the fantasy baseball leagues going. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, that's really what I need. That's really what I need. So um, if you are female and would like to play fantasy baseball, and if you are ever intimidated and you're like, you know what, I would like to play fantasy baseball, but I don't really know what I'm doing. Let me know. Let me know because I'm having an all-female all fantasy baseball league. There literally are no rules. We don't play any for any money. But there's, it's kind of like the wild, wild west out here. Like I said, no rules. And it's a lot of fun. Um, lots of points. So if you are a female and want to play, holler at yeah, me. Let me know. For as, much as I, for as much as I know about baseball and have followed baseball forever, I've never played fantasy baseball. So I'm going to do it. So if you've never done it before, you're, you won't be alone. Yeah. So um, last year, my fantasy baseball team name was RBI'd for her pleasure. And it just, it made me laugh. So just know when. <laughs> that's that's the environment that you're opening yeah. yourself up to. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so we have a good time. We have a good time. Like I said, uh, the other podcast that I do on the Top Fan Rivalry Network is, is PG-13. Mm-hmm. There's no Radar R. Susie over there. And my co-host Bill over there, bless him, like knows that it's PG-13, Susie over there. And he he's so innocent and I love him. But he goes, Susie, are there any holes that need to be filled? Sir. And that that was that was the that was how he asked the question. And I was like, you cannot, you can't what? ask me that. <laughs> you cannot <laughs> ask me 
asked me that, Bill. And he just looked at me like, wait, what? And he's like, like oh, like in a down on him. And I'm all, nope. See, you, just, you have to you have to finish that sentence with like, <laughs> are there any holes on your roster that need to be filled? Yeah. Like you cannot. More specific. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, Susie, this is not. A th-. And I was like, you, you knew what you were signing up for, Bill. Like, you knew. You so, <laughs> yeah, again, this is. Well, this is how we roll over over in in the league that, that shall be named something I don't know, but again, if you are female that wants to play fantasy baseball, um, and you know, doesn't mind inappropriate adult humor, hit me up, slide into my DMs. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have a good team. We're gonna have good, good team, lots of good times, and you learn about a lot of other baseball players that are not on your favorite team, because that's really how I learned about all of the other baseball players. So all of the balls, all of the balls, all the balls. Yes. Do we want to talk about the A's Kels, or do we, do we have enough time to talk about the A's? Cause I don't even you know, know what I am really into this whole A's moving to Vegas thing. So let me dive deeper into my, my research and get really up to speed on it. And let's talk about it next week because I bet you okay. even more stuff is going to come out next week. And I don't need to get my blood pressure up. We don't need to get worked up about it to, to wrap things up today. But we are going to follow what's going on with the Oakland A's. And we'll keep you up to speed on that. And our, our full, first full report on some spring training action next week. I'm very excited. So excited. So, um, Kels, tell the people tell the peoples where they can find you on yes. the interwebs. Well, they can find me on the Twitter or the app formerly known as Twitter at kbirdtweets. That's K-B-U-R-D tweets and my weekly solo podcast peace love and baseball episodes come out every tuesday you might hear another familiar voice on this week's episode as Susie joins me uh, along with my co-host from babes babes jana we did a lovely little episode about battery mates and special relationships between baseball players for valentine's day so cute it was adorable so that will be coming out on on tuesday day before valentine's day but yeah, if you find me on Twitter, you find the link tree and you find all that good stuff. Yes. Yep. So um, a great big thank you that we have to give out to Japan, Korea, and Spain. You guys have been holding it down for us on the Apple Podcast Charts, and we so appreciate that. And USA, we have been hollering at y'all to get, to get on it. And guess what? You guys did. You did. And we're so very proud. We're so proud. Thank you so much. Uh, The first day that we charted on the USA charts, we charted at 243, 242, 43. And then I checked again the next day and we were all the way up to 200. Shooting up the charts. Shooting up the charts. And when you really like think about all of the baseball content that is out there for all of the different teams and all of the, the different um, creators, it, it's it's a little overwhelming, and you're like, wait, how does I still haven't figured out how how we get on the charts? Like, I don't, I have not a clue. It's magic, some sort of black magic formula that no one is aware of. Um, but we're just happy that we're there, and so thank you guys so so very much for listening to us, um, giving us ratings. We love that five star ratings, giving us reviews hitting subscribe on the YouTubes because you, know, you don't want to do button. any of that or like along with doing any of that, like just send this copy the link, share it with one or two other people. 
who like baseball content because word of mouth. I mean, I don't know about you, Susie, but that's how I start listening to stuff is somebody sends it to me or says like, hey, you should check this out. Yep, for sure. For sure. Um, you know, and if you really, really like us, you can just set your phone to like mute and just put on us, put us on like repeat that I I'm also I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna be mad at that. So no, I'm just kidding. But uh, really and truly, though, listeners, uh, friends, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We have had uh, a great off season. And I'm looking forward to a great in season. No, a great season. <laughs> there we go. I'm like, wait a minute. Um, and with that, I am going to hit and record, maybe, if I found my mouse. And we will see you guys later. Yay, baseball! And